Welcome back, everyone, to the Center of College Football. I am your host, Jeffrey Calhoun, as always, recording from the Center of College Football, Lincoln, Nebraska. And it pains me to say that this is the last regular episode of the season. Um, as this college football season comes to a close, we had one game last week, national championship. Clemson versus LSU, and we'll hop into that. Uh, but first, I just want to apologize for taking so long to get this episode out. Uh, with uh, the playoff being on a Monday for some reason, instead of a Saturday, uh, I, I had less time to work, um, so I got pushed back a little bit, and I'm sorry for that. Um, but we'll go ahead and hop into it. Um, look, this was a great game, and as fun as it was, I was a little underwhelmed. You know, two fifteen zero teams squaring off, or I'm sorry, fourteen zero teams squaring off. I thought it'd be a little more fun. But it was a great game. Uh, LSU won uh, 42-25, to becoming the first seed to, first number one seed to win the college football playoff national championship, um, as well as the first Heisman quarterback to win the college football playoff national championship. Uh, only one Heisman winner has won the college football playoff, that being Derrick Henry, but he was a running back, and he became the first quarterback to win the national championship and the Heisman in the same year sends Jameis Winston. Um, I, I mean, this, I don't want to say that this game was owned by LSU the entire time. Um, but especially in the second half, they took, well, about halfway through the second quarter, they took off. Um, you know, LSU was down 17, seven, um, put up 21 points in the second quarter. And if they had stopped scoring at halftime, they would have won the game, which it just, I think proves how, crazy this LSU team was this year. Um, I, I mean, the entire year they had three one-score games to Texas, who was just really good at the time, uh, this beginning of the season, Alabama, who's Alabama, and Auburn, who was one of the top defenses in the nation. So it was basically given. Um, and, you know, Joe Burrow had one heck of a night. You know, he... Um, I, I mean, you know, he had 463 yards in a national championship game. That's insane. Had five touchdowns, didn't throw a single pick, and just, I mean, you know, he himself was the rushing leader. Uh, granted, this wasn't a very rush-heavy game, you know. Um, I mean, the rushing leader of the overall game was Travis Etienne, and he only had 78 yards. Um, but, I mean, this just, you know, and it, it showed how dominant, um, LSU's receiving core was as well, you know, um, Jamar Chase had 221 yards, uh, as, you know, compared to, uh, Justin Ross, who only had 78, which also proved how far LSU's defense has come, you know, they were given up, you know, in, you know, they were given up 38 points against Texas and Vanderbilt, uh, you know, they gave up 37 against, uh, Ole Miss and, you know, really in those last, these last four games especially, because, you know, they kind of took their foot off the pedal against Oklahoma. Um, but besides that one, they really showed their defense, you know, only letting Texas A&M give them um, one touchdown. George only putting up 10. I mean, this was insane. This LSU team was crazy. It's just crazy what Joe Brady and Joe Burrow and Ed Orgeron have done here. I mean, they beat, I think, seven top 10 teams. Yeah, seven top ten teams, three in the last 
um, three three in a row by an average margin of 142 to like what what's the math? Hold on, 60 uh, 60 something. Um, sorry, I'm doing quick maths. 53. Sorry. So like 142 to 63 against number four, re number four, and the number three. I mean, this is crazy. I mean, this LSU team is one of the best we've seen. I think the best of the decade, beating out the 2013 Florida State Seminoles, and probably the best of the uh, the 2000s so far. Um, You know, easily the best team we've seen since 95 Nebraska, if not better. I mean, I, I think this team could give the 95 Nebraska run for their money, but I mean, this, this is crazy. Um, what they've done. Um, I mean, it was, you know, they were only favored by four and a half and they, they, they really throttled Clemson. Um, yeah. Um, they beat all of the top four AP teams this year in Georgia, Oklahoma, Bama, and Clemson. Um, and after upsets and, you know, crazy games, uh, it all came down to this, and LSU won it, and they won it all, and they won it in pretty dang dominant fashion. Um, yeah, the LSU Tigers uh, have really almost been a Cinderella team. Won 16 straight in the national championship. So, yeah. um, That's all I have to say about the national championship. And so this episode isn't six minutes long. I decided what I'm going to do is basically do awards um, for the season almost. Um, You know, best team, worst team, things like that. Um, And these are just in my opinion. Um, So, yeah. So, first off. Best team in the nation, it's it's not even a question, it's LSU. You know, I just raved on about them. Um, I mean, one of two 15-0 teams um, to ever come out of the college football playoff national championship. The first in the SEC. Um, I mean, this team was just crazy. Um, the closest they got to losing was to ninth-ranked Auburn at the time. Um, and they won by three. Um, and, you know, they, I mean, they led for most of the game. So, I mean, this team was just, I mean, just insane. Um, the LSU Tigers are easily the best team this year. Now, on the other side of the coin, we have the worst team, which is also not, not, a, not a surprise to me. And that is the Akron Zips, the only team this year to go 0-12. That is terrible. Probably their most embarrassing moment was losing to UMass, who finished 1-11, including a loss to Southern Illinois by 25, an FCS school. I mean, Akron was bad this year. The closest they got to winning a game was somehow against Miami of Ohio. They got real close to pulling off that upset, but they couldn't do it. And this team was just terrible. I understand they have a 
first-year head coach. But gosh, I mean, this team was not good. They were giving up 36.5 points a game while only putting up 10.5. I mean, this team just was terrible in almost every way. Uh, Just, yeah. Just, yeah. Akron was bad. Um, Next award is the most surprising team. And for me, that's got to go to Ohio State. Um, I regular season, I expected this team to go nine and three. I thought they'd lose to Nebraska, but that would be a lot better. Um, Penn State and Michigan. Um, granted, Michigan and Nebraska didn't turn out to be as good as expected, but Penn State was about as good as I thought. And I did not expect this Ohio State team to be this good. I mean, they went thirteen and one. Um, yes, the same record as last year, but this year they went to the Fiesta Bowl. I mean. Look, you got a first-year head coach, and you almost never expect a team to do great under a first-year head coach. You know, look at Georgia Tech. I mean, they went seven and six last year, then got a new head coach and went three and nine. Um, granted, I know Ohio State is a different caliber program by miles than Georgia Tech, but I mean, being able to just beat so many of these great opponents. You know, Cincinnati, Michigan State, uh, Wisconsin twice, Penn State, Michigan. I mean, I did not expect this team to be that good. Um, you know, I think I thought um, they'd win their bowl game, um, but I thought it, I think I said they'd go to the Citrus Bowl, um, which I mean, it, it's a fine bowl game, but not the Fiesta Bowl playoff game. Um, they easily were the most surprising team to me, um, and that's so they win that award. Um, on the other side of the coin is the most disappointing team. And that, to me, is Army. I expected Army to go 12-1. and Their only loss to beat a Michigan. And after losing to Michigan in overtime, double overtime, I was like, wow, this team's going to be better than I expected them to be. And, you know, <laughs> coming into the season, it looked like behind Michigan, their hardest opponent was going to be maybe Hawaii, um, and, you know, out of all the teams they played, probably the toughest they played was Air Force or Navy, um, but, I mean, th- their schedule was so easy, I mean, I mean, they they lost to teams that just are unexcusable, I mean, they started out 3-1, and one and, you know, kind of like, you know, and last year, they went 11-2, and two, their only losses being to Duke and to Oklahoma in overtime, and what a lot of people were saying was last year, the Oklahoma overtime loss energized them, showed, hey, we can stand with these big guys. But the Michigan loss was like, we can't, though. And they kind of just gave up. I mean, they, they lost to teams that are unexcusable. I mean, <laughs> Tulane at home, um, San Jose State, who finished, th- this team finished 5-7. and seven. San Jose State, not a good team. Just Georgia State, who I'm aware was okay this year, but it's also Georgia State. I mean, come on. I mean, really? Just Army was just not good this year. So they come in as easily my most disappointing team. 
Um, next up for the best gr group of five team, unpopular opinion, Appalachian State. I think they were better than Memphis in the end. Now, I'm not saying Memphis didn't deserve that Cotton Bowl spot. They did. Um, you know, they they and App State had the same record at the time. And being in the AAC, that's a tougher conference. But at the end of the year, it looked much better for Appalachian State. Um, you know, they beat some really good teams. You know, they beat two Power 5 programs in North Carolina and South Carolina. Um I mean, they beat North Carolina by more than Clemson did. I mean, they beat ULL twice. And UAB, who's not a bad team. Uh, their only loss was to Georgia Southern by three. And Georgia Southern finished seven and six, which isn't bad. You know, this is the team that almost knocked off. Georgia Southern's the team that almost knocked off Minnesota, you know, and blew out Georgia State. I mean... Appalachian State wasn't a bad team. They were phenomenal this year. And I think they could make a run at a New Year's Six spot next year if they can win the right games. So, um, yeah. And on the other hand, uh, the worst Power 5 program is Arkansas. I mean, they were bad. I mean, I expected this team to go 4-8. and eight. And that was two more wins than they actually got. I mean, they're worse than Rutgers. Rutgers managed to beat a bowl-eligible team in Liberty. Arkansas beat Portland State by seven, by, by seven, and Colorado State. And then they just kept losing. First off, to San Jose State, you should not be losing to a power or a group of five program at home unless it's an elite one like 2017 UCF, or, you know, Memphis this year, Appalachian State, um, and let alone a non-bull eligible group of five program. I mean, you know, this, this San Jose State team had two conference wins. Two in the Mountain West, and you lost to them by seven. Then, then, then you let Western Kentucky walk in and slap you, just absolutely murder you by twenty-six. I'm aware they went nine and four, but it's also Western Kentucky. This team lost to Central Arkansas State. You basically lost to Central Arkansas State. Then you lost to Missouri, who was on a five-game losing streak, six, five-game losing streak. You were bad. You were really bad. You were bad. You were very bad. I mean, it's not like you didn't have chances. I mean, you know, you almost knocked off Texas A&M. You almost knocked off Kentucky, but you couldn't finish games. Also, you shouldn't be getting blown out by Mississippi State by 30. Arkansas, you were the worst program this year, and it's not like it's going to get better. You easily... In, in my eyes, you easily have the worst head coach in um, the SEC West. I'm not saying Sam Pittman's going to be bad, but you'll have to go up against Nick Saban, Ed Orgeron, Gus Malzahn, Mike Leach, Lane Kiffin, and I'm, I'm blanking on um, not, not Missouri's head coach, um, Jimbo Fisher. You have to go up against Jimbo Fisher, 
Three of those coaches have won national championships. Three of them. Three of them. Four, four of them. I'm sorry, four of them. Plus Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin. Arkansas, this is not going to be a fun year for you next year. I mean, hold hold on. Let's. I'm I'm going on a mini rant. Let's look at your schedule real quick for next year. Okay. Plus all of your normal SEC West opponents. Your non-conference includes Nevada, who is a pretty good group of five team. Finished, I think, eight and five. I want to say, um, knocked off Purdue at Notre Dame, Charleston Southern. That's a FCS school. ULM, ULM, who, they're not that great, but you've also lost to San Jose State. And then plus Missouri, as you always play them, in Missouri. And Tennessee, who could upset their way to the SEC West. This team, I can see winning, even with their new head coach, maybe two games, if that. They'll beat Charleston Southern. And then maybe ULM. But just this team is just falling apart. So sorry for the mini rant, but that's Arkansas. Um, biggest upset of the year for me, it's South Carolina over Georgia. Yes, Illinois over um, Wisconsin was a good candidate, but Illinois was much better than South Carolina ended up being, and Wisconsin was worse. Plus, it was in Athens. Um and and South Carolina won by more. I'm aware Illinois won in regulation, but still, um, you know South Carolina really owned the whole game. You know three three picks. I think all by the same guy being Israel Mukwamu, who was just legendary in that game. Um, you know this entire team uh, didn't really know how to play the whole time, and South Carolina took advantage of that, winning twenty to seventeen. Um, and you know South Carolina finished four and eight. Um, and Georgia finished twelve and two. Their only other loss being to LSU. Um, well, you know, I I just think that was you know, um, a, a much bigger upset, um, you know, in in the grand scheme of things. You know, going into halftime, it was seventeen to ten, and South Carolina stopped scoring until the second overtime, and ended up winning. Um, so, yeah. Um, that for me was the biggest upset. Uh, next up was the biggest fall off of any team. And that has to go to Maryland. I mean, it's not even close. Um, you know, Maryland started out two and oh, beat, uh, I'm aware Howard's an FCS program, but Howard also lost 79 to nothing. Um, which if you put a 79 unanswered against anyone, that's crazy. Um, and then you blew Syracuse out of the water, who everyone, I'm aware they were a bit of a disappointment, but at the time they were ranked 21st, and everyone thought Syracuse could upset their way to the ACC championship. Um, you know, this team had outscored opponents 142 to 20, and they ended up getting ranked um, 21st, and everyone thought that this team was going to do some real damage. Um, then they got upset by Temple. You know, okay, it's at Temple. You can see that happening. You know, got beat down by Penn State, 59 nothing. No one thought it would be that extreme. 
but it's also Penn State. Then, you know, they looked like they were back on track. Beat Rutgers 48-7. I'm aware it's Rutgers, but hey, they're 3-2. and They got a winning record. Then they didn't win again. The closest they got to winning was losing by three at Michigan State. And after that, it was by 16 to Maryland. Or I'm sorry, not Maryland, Indiana. I mean, this team just kind of just gave up. I don't know what it was. I mean, they... I mean, their schedule had teams where they they should have um, been able to compile enough wins to get to a bowl game. Um, you know, Temple they should have beaten. Um, Purdue, who was four and eight, they should have been able to take down Purdue. Even teams like Indiana or even Nebraska, who they lost to by forty-seven. I mean, this team. You know, they had. I'm aware it was a first-year head coach. But it was also the offensive coordinator from Alabama with Mike Loxley. I mean, I thought this team, you know, I, I predicted this team to go 7-5, and five, um, which I thought, you know, a lot of people expected around there. I thought they'd get to a bowl game, but they just couldn't. So that is my biggest fall-off of the year. Biggest season turnaround. If I picked anyone else, it'd be wrong. Without a doubt, it is the Tennessee Volunteers. You know, this team started off bad. Um, you know, they lost to Georgia State, who hadn't had... I, I don't think they've ever beaten a Power 5 team. And Tennessee was favored by almost 25 points. Then they lost to BYU in double overtime. And we're sitting at 0-2. You know, they beat down on Chattanooga, but that's also, you know, Chattanooga. Uh, and then lost to Florida and Georgia in back-to-back weeks. And we're sitting at 1-4. and and I'm not sure when it clicked, but something sure did. And they then went on to win seven of their next eight games. Their only loss being to, at the time, number one Alabama. And, you know, yes, they were easier teams, but they were teams like South Carolina, who people thought could do some damage at the time, at Kentucky, who Kentucky was a pretty good team this year, Um. And then they beat an 8-4 and four Indiana. I mean, this team fixed it. And I do think if they win the right games and the right upsets happen, they could get into the SEC championship. Do I think it's going to happen? No. You know, you got to get by Florida and Georgia. But it's a possibility. So they were easily the um, biggest turnaround of the season. Uh, next up is the most inconsistent team, and that goes to Miami, Florida. This team was confusing. Like, I, I don't know. I was very confused by them. You know, they started out the season almost beating number eight Florida and then struggled against Central Michigan. They took down <clears throat> Virginia and then the following week turned around and lost to Georgia Tech. They throttled Louisville and then turned around and lost to FIU and Duke back-to-back and then lost to Louisiana Tech. I, I mean, I don't really know what was up with this team. This was a very confusing team. Um, I was just not sure about them. So we'll see what happens with them next year. Um, I really have no idea where this team is going to be sitting next year. Um, Next up, the team that I overrated the most. So not a team that, like, everyone overrated. So teams like, you know, Nebraska or Michigan 
um, I'm not going to include in this. It's a team that just I thought was going to be great for really no reason that nobody else really thought. Uh, and that was Washington State. Preseason, I thought, I'm like, you know, this team's 11-2. and two, They just need a little bit of a push. Uh, they've been getting better every year. They're going to hit 13-0, and 0 and they're going to go to the playoffs. They 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 finished six and seven, um, and I and then lost their head coach. Uh, they finished second to last in their division, only ahead of Stanford. I mean, I don't know what was up with this team. I expected them to be better than six and seven, and I think everyone did. But I don't think anyone expected to be the playoffs like I did. And you know they didn't beat a single team with a winning record. Um, so I mean this was just kind of a bummer for this team. I mean, they got real close to taking down Oregon, but couldn't finish it. Uh, so that was the team I overrated the most. Team that I underrated the most, um, for me, that was Baylor. Um, you know, I don't think anyone expected them to be that good, but I expected them to go 5-7. and seven. Um, I mean, against, like, teams that I thought were going to be really bad, you know. I thought I think I said they beat... I think they start out five and one. Um, I thought they'd beat uh, Stephen F. Austin, UTSA, Rice, Kansas State, and Texas Tech. Who I didn't think any I didn't think any of those would have a winning record this year, and then lose the rest of their games. Uh, which that didn't happen. Their only losses were to Oklahoma twice, and then Georgia. You know this team was way better than I thought they'd be. Um, so that was my. Biggest surprise of the year, uh, the team that I underrated the most. Um, before I go, I want to do one quick thing. The top five games of this year, the ones that were the most entertaining, and again, this is just my opinion, uh, teams that I liked watching. So, you know, games that I missed uh, aren't going to be on this list. So, you know, I missed the South Carolina-Georgia game. Uh, that won't be on here. So, uh, at number five is Minnesota-Penn State. Good, fun, undefeated matchup. And seeing Minnesota be able to kind of prove that they're they're a good team. Um, you know, they didn't trail for the entire game, I believe. Um, and it was just a good, fun game, you know, kind of. They, they showed that, um, you know, they kind of exposed Penn State a little bit, which was kind of fun. Uh, it was a nice upset seeing, you know, kind of this underdog team come in and knock down a, a, a big dog. Um, you know, almost near blue blood in the sport. Um, you know, seeing Rashad Bateman uh, get just these beautiful catches. Um, just overall, it was you know just a really fun game. Um, next up, surprisingly and ironically enough, uh, was the Quick Lane Bowl. Uh, that was Pitt versus Eastern Michigan, and I say it's ironic because like this this game was announced. And everyone thought it was going to be terrible. Like, come on, you put a seven and five power five team up against a six and six group of five team. I mean, come on, Eastern Michigan's going to get blown out the water. Well, that didn't happen. Um, Eastern Michigan led or tied the entire game up into the last few seconds. Um, you know, you got you kind of proved that, you know, Eastern Michigan can fight a little bit. Uh, Crazy ending uh, with, you know, Mike Glass punching a ref in the face. Um, I mean, it was just insane. I mean, 
you know, you, you had that beautiful last-second catch by Pitt uh, for the touchdown, giving them their first lead. I mean, it was what a bowl game should have been. Um, next up, at number three, a bit of a surprising one, Kent State versus Buffalo. Guys, if you do not watch Tuesday night and Wednesday night Maction, please do. Like, I'm, I'm serious. These games are fun. You know, Buffalo was up 24-6 to going into the fourth quarter. And I think I saw Kent State scored 21 points in like two and a half minutes because they, they scored and then they got an onside. I think it was they scored, got an onside kick, and then blocked a punt. And then at a last-second field goal to win the game. I mean, and, you know, Kent State started out three and six with their only wins being against Bowling Green Akron and Kennesaw State. I mean, this team did not look like they'd be good this year. And then they beat Buffalo and that kind of sparked them, uh, knocking down Ball State and Eastern Michigan and then beating Utah State for the Frisco Bowl. Guys, watch these midweek games. They are fun. I mean, this was, I remember afterwards I walked up to my dad and said, this was probably the most fun game I've watched all year. And at the time it was. Guys, watch these games. I mean, they're just insane to watch. Uh, at number two was the Iron Bowl this year. Watching Bama and Auburn go back and forth for 60 minutes was what a rivalry game should be. I know it wasn't the turn that I wanted, but this was just insane. I mean, they went, I mean, you know, you had great, punt, you know, the Jalen Model punt return, you know, uh, the Auburn running back, blanket on his name, you know, completely running over Xavier McKinney uh, for the game-winning touchdown. I mean, this was just crazy. I mean, everything about it, you know, there were controversial pieces. Um, just, it was gorgeous. It was what a rivalry game should be. So, yeah, that was just great game to watch. Uh, and at number one, this really isn't even a question. I think everyone can agree it's the Fiesta Bowl, the Ohio State-Clemson game. It was just so much fine, fun. I mean, just seeing Ohio State put up 14 and then watching Clemson kind of roar back and win this game was just beautiful. I mean, you know, seeing uh, Trevor Lawrence's almost 70-yard run uh, Travis Etienne just breaking multiple tackles. Um, Justin Fields throwing two picks. Um, you know, there were a couple shoddy calls, I'll agree. The the fumble that really should... The not fumble that really should have been a fumble. Um, and, you know, some people disagree on the targeting call. I think it was targeting, but whatever. Um, but, I mean, this was just, I mean, crazy... Um, I, this was one of the best playoff games I've ever seen. So, um, yeah, that's, um, that's all I have. Um, before I go, I just want to thank all of you guys. Um, everyone who's listened, um, even if it was just for five minutes of my first episode, or if you've listened to every episode multiple times, um, I want to thank you guys. Um, 
my my first season doing this has been so much fun. I've got to watch football in such a fun and new way. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not Kirk Herbstreet, Chris Fowler. I'm not some big name. I'm just some 15 year old kid with a mic. And I thank you all for listening. Um, this season's been so much fun. I hope these off season minisodes, um, will help me get better. And I can't wait to record another full episode come late August. Um, so I just thank all of you. Um, and with that, for the final time this year, I'm your host, Jeffrey Calhoun, recording from the center of college football, Lincoln, Nebraska, signing out.